those who study, do surveys, research, and all that, say that when children between the ages of four and 14 hear the gospel from a loving adult, 85 to 90% of them trust Jesus. It's the ripest mission field on planet Earth is our children. To hear the testimonies, <laughs> it doesn't get richer than that. It doesn't get any better than that. IBC family, I love that we love children. God loves children. Children are precious in his sight. I believe that a church that champions children, God will show favor on that church. I believe that with everything I'm, I'm made of. So if there's ever to be a formula for a church to be healthy, hey, everybody in the church, love God's children. <laughs> and God likes that. He loves that because they are precious to him. That picture we have in the New Testament where the parents are bringing their children for Jesus to bless and the disciples get indignant going, no, 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 he doesn't have time for the children. Jesus gets indignant at the disciples. He just downright gets ticked off and says, knock it off. Let the children come to me. And they come to him and he blesses them. May we be a church that loves children. Mm. And we are. <laughs> and we are. Thank you all of you who serve in, in children's ministry of any kind. Nursery, children's church, VBS, Awana. These are perhaps the most critical ministries of IBC. I don't know. We're not going to rate but they are really important. They're really important. Not for the church of the future, the church of the present. Right now, Madison Durbin has the same Holy Spirit in you, in her, that you do, you who are saved. <laughs> Holy Spirit's not waiting. God's not waiting until they're 18 years old or 21. We made that number, those numbers up. Uh, whatever, this is nothing to do with sermon. Let's get going. Dude, <laughs> dude. <sighs> psalm 122. This psalm, we're continuing our series, our, our summer of psalms. Some of you came and, and talked about, would you please pray for summer to get here? You know what, we're just rolling as if it's summer, okay? It's the summer of Psalms. We had summer one day a couple days ago or weeks ago, but we're rolling, all right? We're rolling. I saw the forecast. I looked this morning, and we got 60s coming up. Yes, man, yes. Said that to somebody right before the service, and they rolled their eyes. I, come on, man. We'll take the 60s. We're in the summer of Psalms. Psalm 122 is a, is a uh, uh, 
rejoicing, jubilant. That's the word I'm looking for. It's a jubilant psalm. It starts like this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There, thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. This is an important event that was taking place, and that's why the psalmist is so excited. Because it only happened once a year when they would go up to the house of the Lord. And as it talks about the house of the Lord in this, we interchangeably with Jerusalem, that's where the temple was. And so as we talk about Jerusalem here in this chapter, we are just talking about the gathering place for the people of God, for the Jews to come together and worship God. That's what it is. Now, a very strong parallel exists between Jerusalem, the house of the Lord, and IBC. And we're going to make that parallel this morning. It falls down a little bit because of some of the things that it has in here that, Jeru- that happened in Jerusalem do not happen here. But for the most part, what happened in Jerusalem happens here. And so, as we come together this morning and every Sunday, this speaks to it, to what we are doing when we come together. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. So why was he so glad? What's up with that? As I said, it was once a year. The people were out toiling in their fields all year long, whether it was harvest time and then it was tilling time and sowing time or, uh, yeah, sowing and so forth and, and taking care of the crops, doing their life in their little villages, in their little communities. There was not really much in the line of large gatherings They didn't get together and have big social events or worship times corporately like they did that once a year. They didn't have a lot of study of the word of God. They didn't have a prophet necessarily who would come and teach them about God's word and who God is and so forth. They were starving spiritually by the time this rolled around and they couldn't wait. It was on every calendar. We can't wait till we get to go up to Jerusalem. We're gonna be reunited with our people. We're gonna see cousins that we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe, maybe they missed last year. Maybe they were sick and couldn't make it. But it's a big reunion of the people of God coming together to worship him. And so, yeah, it's huge. Jerusalem was the spiritual center of the people of God, of God and it was the administrative center of the kingdom as well. So it, was, it just was so, uh, such an important gathering once a year. For us, it's an important gathering once a week. Praise God, we get to do this once a week. This word glad means filled with joy. Filled, saturated with joy, with glee. With, when we think of an event that we look forward to, we can't wait for it to happen. That's what this is. Full of joy when we get to come together. I trust that's how you feel before Sunday service. I can't wait. 
Somebody recently said, if I don't go to church, I feel like I missed out on something. Somebody said that recently. And how true I feel the same way. So I'm not leaving. I'm staying. There is something that God has designed for his people to come together and worship him. There is something that takes place as he moves among us, as he draws our focus to himself. There is a unity that is born out of that, that is as deep as it gets. Why was this so important at the house of the Lord? Well, in verse 4, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel. They all came together. It was a big, huge gathering. That's what it was. That's what it is. It is for us, our corporate, coming together where we gather together. It goes on to say they give thanks to the Lord. That's what we are here for. We are here to give thanks to the Lord, to worship him. Would you please turn in your Bibles over to Zechariah? I'm sure that you've been studying Zechariah, been in that a lot lately, right? Zechariah comes right before Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, all right? So that's where it is. I want you to look at this with me. Zechariah, chapter 8. This speaks to kind of the spirit, the, <laughs> the gladness that the psalmist is talking about. Here in Zechariah 8, verse 20 through 23. 8, 20. Zechariah 8, 20. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Peoples shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, 10 men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew saying, let us go with you for we have heard that God is with you. The word had gotten out that God was with them. And as people were talking to them Saturday, hey, are you going to church tomorrow? Okay, can I hitch a ride with you? I'll see you at church. I can't wait to go to church tomorrow because God is in that place. Ten people from every tribe, every nation, they're going to the Jews and please, can we go with you? God is there. We want to be a part. We want to come meet with God. I love what's going on in these verses. This is what was going on when he says, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. There were so many dynamics all over the place. God is calling people from everywhere to come and worship him. It tells us in this verse what was going on. 
They go to entreat the favor of the Lord, to seek the Lord of hosts is why they were coming. We read about thanksgiving. They're coming to meet with him, to worship him is why they come. Hebrews 10.25 tells us to not neglect the meeting together. And it gives purpose for that. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. All kinds of wonderful things happen when we come together. The rest of the verses in this passage, back to Psalm 122, the rest of the verses are saying, hey, here's how I want you to approach. Here is what I want you to think about the house of the Lord. Here, you all, is how I want you to think about IBC. Here's what I want you to do about IBC. Verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We could say, pray for the peace of IBC. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. The word peace and security are used five times in these short verses. Peace and security are so critical to the house of the Lord, to his church. Peace between one another. Peace amongst ourselves. Security for those who may come in. We talk about being, not being a club at IBC. Because a club doesn't take long to happen. We don't name when a gathering of people come together and they begin to come together regularly. A culture is born, is developed, And in that culture, expectations happen. You have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. You have to do certain things. You have to have this kind of an attitude. That's a club. May that never be true of IBC. Never be true. That anybody who comes in through the doors to worship King Jesus is welcomed here. Whether they look different, act different, whatever it is, all are welcome. It just doesn't take long, though, y'all, for us to look horizontally at one another and become critical about whatever it may be. That's why it's so, there is such an emphasis on peace, <laughs> because we're human, because we're human, and God knows that. And in our humanness, we're so quick to, in our in humanness, we're so egotistical, and it becomes all about me and my preferences, and what I want, isn't it? We can, t- we can complain about the music. Man, they don't sing this song often enough. You know, Rob does way too much drumming on that Days of Elijah song at the end. <laughs> Drives me nuts. <laughs> I love it. We all do. Whatever it may be, though, we find ways to complain if it doesn't match our own preferences a lot of times. And it's nasty. It's nasty. That's why our focus must always be on the one we have come to worship. Even Paul, individually, this is individually, and this is the problem. All of us as individuals have our own issues. We have our own flesh. Every one of us in here. Every one of us. And Paul spells it out so beautifully in Romans 7. This is what he says. Romans 7, 21 24. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, 
Evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. Okay. Wow. Okay. Wow. I guess we have an amber alert. I guess we don't know who didn't turn their phones down, don't we? <laughs> oh, that ticks me off. <laughs> Pipe down in the balcony. Uh-uh. Oh, that's great. For I delight in the law of the Lord in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Who will deliver me? It says, goes on to say, oh, thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. He will deliver me from this body of death when we go at the end. But until then, the battle is on, isn't it? We all know this. And so we all must, it calls and screams for us to extend grace to one another at all times because we all stumble. And may we extend grace to one another. In verse eight, for my brothers and companions' sake, I will say peace be within you. Anytime we look horizontally at one another, it ought to be for the purpose of encouraging. Not to look at one another critically, but to look at one another in an encouraging way. Mike Anderson, I love you, brother. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for serving so faithfully in Awana. Keep it up. Carla, I know you deal with craziness in your neighborhood. I pray for you. Hang in there. May God work through the whole crazy situation. We're glad you're here. Jenny Edwards, we're glad you and your family. Jason, girls, love when I see you guys at church. Val and Sandy, love you guys. You've been through a bout of sickness. Can I say it out loud? They both got COVID, one after the other, and then they ate peanut butter. Yeah, they're the ones. They're the ones. I read a report on who got sick from the peanut butter. I didn't see your names, but there were numbers from the state of Washington. They were ones. We're glad you're here. You're upright. Praise God for that. When we see one another, Dale and Tammy, love you guys. Glad that you are here. We'll continue to pray for you guys, even as you continue grieving for the loss of your dad. Love that you're here. Randy Gray, you deal with all kinds of health stuff, buddy, from serving in the military. Thanks for being here. Love you. We go around to one another and we say, we're glad you're here. We love you. I love you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your faithfulness. I know you're going through hard things, but God will be faithful and he will see you through. Thank you for being here. This is the way we look at one another. This is what promotes peace in the body of Christ. 
in the house of the Lord. Verse 9, for the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek your good. I will seek the good of this church. Everything about me, as we talk about IBC, I will seek the good for the church, whatever that may look like. I will pray. It talks about praying. Praying is a key theme in this chapter. Praying for the church. Praying for one another. Praying for the protection of the church. Lord, protect IBC. Protect IBC from outward influences. Protect IBC from inside influences that might be destructive to the unity. Protect us from false teachings. Protect us from a, a um, controversial spirit. Help us to maintain unity, to maintain peace in this church, Lord, that is your church. Pray for the well-being. Pray for the protection of the church. Pray for the prosperity of IBC. By prosperity, I mean health. Pray for the health of this church in every way, the spiritual health, the physical health, the financial health of IBC. Pray for that. It is very important. Give to the church. That is a part of our worship is giving. And I want to say something about giving. If you are a visitor with us, we don't expect you to be giving. If you're a regular attender, that's part of our worship. And we have that wonderful privilege of being able to give back to the Lord our tithes and offerings. In fact, we have receptacles for that. We have boxes in each exit there that have that slot in there. And there are little envelopes on there. You can put your offering in there and place that right in there. We encourage you to be a part of worship in that way. It will help IBC to remain healthy in that way. You know, our... our our culture is saturated with a critical spirit. Just saturated with a critical spirit. Complain about everything. Find everything wrong. Find this wrong with, that wrong with, whatever it may be. May that not be true of this church where there's a critical spirit. Let me explain briefly. You most will know this between being a, having critique versus being critical. A critique is, I think we could do better and it would help us to be healthier. That's a critique, and it has solutions. I think, man, we're, we're, we could do better in this particular area and have an idea. Pray with me about this. A critical spirit is, I don't like. I don't like the music. I don't like the way we do this. I wish we would do that. And, just, and it's dead. You, it's demoralizing. It's demoralizing. I've seen it on sports teams. I will never forget, I was coaching at PA High School Volleyball, and we were, in, we were playing Port Townsend, and we were in this match that was just back and forth. It was tight. And I was observing on their team some girls starting to bite one another. They started getting after each other. And there was a timeout, and I told my girls, you guys, they're starting to fall apart. Their unity is breaking down right now. They're starting to get after you guys. Stay together. Let's keep this going. And we won the match. When we begin to look horizontally at stuff and our preferences are not, being, uh, are not happening for us, we can easily have a complaining spirit, a critical spirit. There's a way to handle that. Bring it to the Lord first and then talk to somebody about it. 
But when we go around, we say, man, I don't like this. I don't like whatever it may be. Unity is now at risk in a huge way. May that not be the case. Pray for the unity of the church. Seek the good of the church. Seek the good of IBC and other churches, not just IBC. Be thankful for the house of the Lord. Be thankful for IBC. When you pray, give thanks. Give thanks. I recently was able to go to Ecuador with ZimZam Global and another organization called Kids Around the World. I got to experience something I've experienced in the past, but it was different for me this time. And it has everything to do with what we're talking about in this passage. And I want to show you, I want to give you a report of that trip and what I found out. So here we go. IBC is connected to three organizations. We have embraced three organizations. We partner with these organizations that are doing ministry globally. All right, at the very top, we have Children of the Nations. The thing is, in missions, about 15 years ago, the shift was on in missions. Um, Historically, American churches sent missionaries out into the jungles, into remote places to do church planting, evangelism, and so forth. That still continues. But the big shift that has taken place is that churches in North America now, the shift is we are now beginning to support national leaders, leaders in those locations so that they then will do church planting and evangelism. And we are able to support them in that. These organizations are all doing that. Children of the Nations is raising children to transform their lives so that they would change nations. We're going to hear about that from um, Cheryl Cuthbertson next week. She's going to come and bring, remember we commissioned her going off to Malawi and she's going to be here to give us a report. Embrace Liberia. We heard from Pastor Anthony last week what's going on in in, uh, Liberia. More to come on that. But what's going on at that training center is that it will empower the church of Liberia to be healthy and reaching out and fulfilling the Great Commission. That's why that exists. The other organization is ZimZam Global. ZimZam Global, more recently part of IBC, because it's a new organization relatively, it's almost 10 years old now, but ZimZam Global is all about training people, casting vision for planting churches, healthy churches, but beginning with children's ministry, loving on children, and then planting churches based on that. If a church is struggling, you've seen this already in Africa, there's a struggling church. The the leaders of the church changed their mindset on how they saw children. They began to focus on children. And within a month or two, they could not contain, they didn't have enough space for all the people that were coming to their church. And it's not about numbers, but it's about discipleship and what God is doing. And so we as a church embrace and partner with these organizations. So on this trip, I was invited to come along with ZimZam Global, and the missions board said, yep, you need to go, which was then partnering with this organization called Kids Around the World. Kids Around the World, I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. So I went to Ecuador. This is where Ecuador is. It's this little country 
over there on the coast of South America, that little dude, obviously right there. One thing I want you just to take note of, just because you should know this. Everybody should recognize what's going on here. Look how close it is to this country. See that? Look how close it is to that country. You know what that country is? Everybody knows that that's Brazil, right? I was born right there. That's where I was born, right there. I can't hold this thing still. Because <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> okay, whatever. I could tell you a story about getting one place to the other. I'm not going to that. Okay, so I got to go to Ecuador, that, that place right there, right on the coast. Here's what the trip goes, and I'm telling you how the trip goes for a reason. You'll hear it toward the end. All right? It's about a five-hour flight to Atlanta. It could be Houston also, or it could be Miami. And then it's about a five-hour flight down to Quito. And then it was less than an hour flight down to Manta. And this is where I went, down to Manta. Manta is a big city, right on the coast, right on the beach, huge city. I don't even know what the population, just big modern city. But as soon as you leave the city, you drive out of the city. So we were based in this city. As soon as you leave the city, you're into rural communities right away. Very rural. Like that. And like that. There's a pastor that lives in this house. It's just jungle everywhere. Felt like it was home. It was great. So this organization called Kids Around the World, they're based in Illinois, Zimzam Global and Kids Around the World have been talking to one another for a number of years now. And so Kids Around the World, or yeah, Kids Around the World is really composed of three ministries. They have three things that they do. And they say, we're sticking to it. We want to do these things well. Up at the top, we have Kids Story. Kids Story is Bible storying. It's telling about Jesus, telling and giving kids the stories of the Bible. In the middle is the big playground equipment. This is kind of their poster child that they do. They install playground equipments. They go around the United States and they harvest these playground equipments uh, from communities that are kind of done with them. I was asking, are there a lot of them? They go, you would never believe how many there are. There are wealthy neighborhoods where they want to trade them out every year because they want the latest and greatest. So they wait, the kids around the world comes in, they dig them up, they take them apart, they refurbish them as needed, and then they pack them up and put them in containers. The other thing that they do is this one meal down at the bottom. One meal. So in those bags is a meal that will feed a family. Now, some of you have been part of this already because Children of the Nation, COTN, does the same thing, same organization. I love how God's working. All right? So... What they do is they distribute, I'll show you in a minute, but they distribute food to these families in need, is what they do. So that's what Kids Story does. I want to talk about the one meal thing. What they do, with, we got to go and be a part um, as we went down, okay, the reason for going in the first place. <laughs> Kids around the world said to Zimzam Global, come see what we do, and we want to show you some things. We need you. Kids Around the World is praying for a church planting organization. 
And here's why. Because what they do is they do the feeding program, the playground equipment, and storying. They are not church planting. And the storying itself, by the way, is hit and miss with the gospel, depending on the story. But at least kids are being exposed to the word of God. They have an opportunity to hear about Christ and so forth. That is happening. And so they said, Zim Zam, we want you to come see what we do and see how you guys might operate with us and, and collaborate with us. And so when we went down, um, we got to install playground equipment. We got to be a part of um, food distribution and the storing and so forth. But one of the things they did is said, we want you guys to go into homes where the food's being distributed. And so we got to go, Dave and I got to go into this home uh, this is the mother, and she was preparing one of those meals, and we got to eat that meal, and it was great. Just to be exposed, we got to hear her. Okay, so this little village that we're, we are in is called Pile. Not that that matters to you. In Pile, it is probably about 15 or 20 minutes by road, by car, from the beach. And the beach, Ecuador, of course, is right on the coast there. Tuna is huge there and fishing, and shrimp, and that's a big part of their economy. When we were sitting around this table, I asked, this boy's name is Oscar. I said, Oscar, do you ever go fishing? No. Why not? Because the water is an hour and a half away. It might as well be 5,000 miles away, because they never go there. That's how isolated this little village is, when it really, for us, we're going, it's not that far away. Well, they don't have a car. They don't have transportation. So they're isolated. And there are many villages like this all over that are isolated. So we got to be a part of that. Uh, the playground, we got to be a part of the playground thing. We, so the way kids around the world does this is they, they have these containers that they put this playground equipment in and they load it with the food as well and then it's shipped on down. So part of what we got to do is haul the playground equipment in pieces from the container or from the truck onto the location. And so we bring it, line it all up, lay it all out, begin to dig the holes, do the whole thing as they got it put together. Yeah. Yeah. Part of Zim Zam Global's training talks about the church as a refuge, a safe place, a place of security, just like this psalm talks about. Sure enough, there were kids with disabilities, special needs, downs. There were a couple of other kids, and we watched them interacting. These playgrounds provide an amazing safe place for children to come to play together, the laughter, and so forth. I don't know if this is going to show. Uh, I think it will. I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work, Megan. This is a little video. So what we did, kids around the world, this was a big celebration. That's why they invited us on this trip, because they started putting playground equipment in 1994. The first one they ever put in was in Ukraine, of all places. We got to put in number 1,000, and 1001, 
while we were there. So it was a big milestone for them, big celebration. So what they do is, during the week, we installed this, these, this equipment and so forth. But then on Friday, we had a big ceremony to celebrate. And all the bigwigs from the, from the province came, and we had this big ceremony. And they had this girl, they had two little girls speak. This little girl, I thought, playground equipment? Is that a big deal? You know, we're over in my neighborhood on the west side of town, there's a little piece of playground equipment and kids play on it all the time. So we take it for granted. This little girl with a little crown on her head was so overcome with emotion of gratitude, she could not speak. You're going to see this girl right here, that girl right there is going to comfort her as she's trying to speak, if this video will work. She's going to speak in Spanish because it's all Spanish. She's going to say, thank you very much to everybody. Thank you for the playground equipment that we're going to play on and all the children are going to enjoy. Thank you very much. That's what she's going to say. Mario, you can attest to that. Okay, you can proof. Oh, it's not going to do it. Can you do it manually? Can try it? It may be one of the things you had to be there <laughs> as well. I was blown away. Dave and I were just blubbering. This girl, I just, we don't need to see it. All right, we'll just move along. It's fine. All right, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure it is. <laughs> Kid story. Here's what this looks like. Once a week, they come together. They set up equipment. They play games, sing songs, and tell the Bible story. And here's what to do. And they have some people acting it out. Uh, this was acting out uh, Jesus' feet being washed. And then they have a craft. And that's really what they do. How does Global, ZimZam Global play into this? As I said, we were invited to come down. And we have uh, these three and these two. Colleen right here is Chris's wife, those two. This is Sean, and of course you know Dave. They're all going to, Lord willing, going to be here in October, and they're going to be presenting here. We were the ones that got to go around. This is a pastor and his wife and son right here. This man right here is named Jorge. He's from Venezuela. He is part of Kids Around the World. He has a story that I want to tell you sometime, not today, that'll blow you away. This man's name is Byron. He is a pastor. He and his wife pastor a church, and he is burdened for two communities where he, needs to, he wants to see a church planted in those communities, and he's beginning to reach out to them, but there's no church. This is one of the communities he took us to. We were in a storefront right here. We were just for a moment there visiting, kind of mixing it up with these folks just so we could mix it up, hear them a little bit, and so forth. Then we came to this community. There are 100 and plus, 100 some kids that are in this community. They were all excited that we would come. They got let out of school to come meet us. They don't have a church. They don't have a church. Do you hear me? They don't have a church. They are so hungry to hear God's word, but they don't have a church. 
kids around the world, what they bring is lifeblood. They're bringing the word of God to these people. But it truly is not a discipleship program. There's nobody on the ground there to oversee the ministry. They don't have a church. It broke me down. I've been around many places where there are not churches, but something, God did something in me this, this trip, I was broken down. Because the gospel should be accessible in Ecuador. This community, or this province that we are in of Manabi, is the most rural, unchurched province in all of the country of Ecuador. Hundreds of communities where there's no church. And they're hungry to hear the gospel. As we were getting ready to leave, these two kids, these two kids right in here, right there, they said, could you pray for my mom? She has a tumor. I don't know how serious it is, but it seemed quite serious. And so our team had the opportunity to pray. This couple right here is another couple that our pastor and his wife, and they too want to plant churches. They want to plant church in this particular community, eager to do so. We heard over and over again, come teach us how to plant churches. Come teach us what a healthy church looks like. That's what Zimzam Global does. This building is not being used for anything. The pastor took us there and he goes, I pray that someday this will be the church. My prayer is that people in this community will be able to say, I was glad when they said to me, come, let's go to the house of the Lord. That's our prayer, that someday that will happen. So what's next? IBC, what is next? Here's what's next, Lord willing. We've been talking with Pastor Anthony. He's going, he was all prepped for Zimzam Global to come over and do its church plant training. We weren't able to do it, but Lord willing, we're going in September. We're going to be able to go there and do church plant training with Zimzam Global, and Lord willing, it is going to launch. It is going to launch not only Liberia, but the surrounding countries and all of West Africa. That is our prayer that God is going to do the very same thing in terms of the, the great commission that he is all about. Right here, ZimZam Global's coming in October. They're going to present. We're going to launch something, okay? Lord willing. This is all Lord willing, okay? But here's how I see it. I, I've never been clear about something, but then again, whenever I predict something in the future, it never happens. So <laughs> however God might will it, all right? A meal packing event right here at IBC. We're going to pack 60, 70,000 meals. If 80 of us are a part of that, we can get it done in three hours and that's it. We are going to, and the kids around the world comes. They come, they bring all the stuff. They are all part of this. We load those food, that food. They've got the container already with the um, playground equipment in there. With food goes in there and it gets shipped off from here. And it goes to Ecuador. It takes about two months to get there. So then, look at that. IBC is going to Ecuador. A year from now, maybe it's spring break, maybe it's early summer, I don't know, the Lord does. There's a crew coming from IBC that's going to go down there, and we're going to spend a week, and we are going to go to two, maybe three villages, communities, where there is no church, and we're going to install playground equipment, we're going to play with the kids, we're going to minister to the kids, we're going to distribute food, and Zimzam Global is going to do its church plant training at that time. So through IBC, God is going to plant churches where right now there is no church that exists. That's what I'm praying for. Amen. Amen. 
How many ready to go? How many ready to go? Okay, good. I appreciate your honesty. How many of you going, no, I'm doing that. I'm ready to go. We'll see what God does. Stay tuned. We're going to find out. These communities right here have no church. No. So right now, our prayer for them is they can right now say, I will be glad when they say to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What a privilege, IBC family, we have as a church to be a part of planting a church where one does not exist. God's heart beats for people to come to know him, to love him, and serve him. David Platt has said, the ultimate goal of God is his glory enjoyed and exalted among all nations. Because we read in Psalm 67, let the people's praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We read that and go, yeah, that's what we do every week. We come together and we praise God. In fact, during the week, oh Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. The sunset last night was incredible. Look at the mountain, Lord, I'll just give you praise. We know that we can praise him and we do that. But you know, there are places like in Ecuador, they're not doing that because they don't know. They don't know Jesus yet. So this is why it's important. Let the peoples praise you, O Lord. Let those people of Ecuador praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, those in Liberia. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We get to do that. We get to praise him day in and day out. But we also get to be a part of getting the message to others so that they too can praise him. In Revelation 5, this is the heartbeat of God that people would praise him, they would glorify him, they would worship him. This is what he is about. And we have that picture in Revelation standing around the throne from every tribe, tongue, and nation praising him. In, in Revelation 5, there was nobody to be found who was worthy to open the scroll. So John writing says, I wept because nobody was worthy. And an elder said, uh-uh, check this out. Weep no more, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And out came King Jesus, looking with all his majesty. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated, that's the father, on the throne. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. When Jesus that last night when he was betrayed, right before he was betrayed, he was sitting around having supper with his disciples. He took the bread and he took the the cup and said, this bread is broken, it represents my body and and the drink represented his blood. He he said, never forget, I want you always to remember. 
Worthy are you, Lord Jesus, to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. And the refrain is, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. To him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, thus the father and the son be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. This is what Jesus has done for us. This is the culmination But until then, he is doing this even now. He shed his blood. He allowed his body to be broken. That we could say, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. So we can worship him. Jesus says, never forget what I've done. Never forget. If you are a person here who has never trusted in Jesus, place your faith in what Jesus has done. He shed his blood for you, for the forgiveness of sins. I invite you today to trust in him. Just trust in him. Say, Lord, yes, I believe. I accept that for me. Even as we heard in the testimonies and baptism. Maybe you've been just doing life and it's getting to you and you've kind of drifted apart from the Lord. And you're not really aligned with him. Now's a good time to get realigned, to draw back to him. He never turns his back on you. He always has his hand out, always has his hand out. Here, take my hand. You stumbled, take my hand. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all that unrighteousness. Unrighteousness. 